4: Hey everyone, this is Kyle Dvorak at FF Kyle the Kid. You're listening to the RotoViz Radio weekly recap on RotoViz Radio. For those of you who don't know, RotoViz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. Before we get into it, even though the NFL season's in full swing at this point, it's still a great time to get your RotoViz NFL pass, which you can get right now for 30% off. This discount is for podcast listeners only and it is available through the NFL podcast homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our nfl content tools and best of all it supports the podcast again be sure to get your 30 percent discount for an nfl pass at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast this show features a lot of great apps we have on rotaviz how we use them to help our analysis how we use them to understand what's going on the football field at any given time and also make better predictions first clip comes from on the daily with nick giffen and heath krueger's co-hosts and on the clip to talk about cam newton And they'll spend the entirety of the clip talking about Cam Newton, because he's such a strange, enigmatic player. On his resume are 8, 10, and 14 rushing touchdown seasons, a 35 passing touchdown season, a 4,000 passing yard season, and two 3,800 yard seasons. But then he also has three seasons under 20 touchdowns, and this season he's been atrocious through three games. Throwing for just 188.6 yards per game, and throwing two interceptions for every touchdown so far. But if he's ever going to bounce back, It'll happen this week against the Patriots. For more on that, here's Nick and Heat. A lot of expensive value. So, some contrarian
1: plays, some, some leverage plays there. And then one finally, one contrarian play, I guess, at the quarterback position for me is... Uh, let me flip over here to my notes. It's uh, Cam Newton. So, I think Cam Newton's a very interesting contrarian play. He's been so bad this year, but... He's at his lowest price point in as far back as I can go in uh, game logs here. So Cam Newton is basically at the lowest price point he's ever been, or at least in in recent memory, very long-term recent memory going back through last year. Uh, I know he struggled at the beginning of this year. The passing game has been off. Um, but you know, this is a actually a good matchup. New England is just hemorrhage points to the quarterback. Um, they've allowed a lot of points just in the passing game in general. Cam Newton might actually need to run the ball. He has run sometimes this year. Um you know, people are saying, well, Cam isn't using his legs, he's not using his legs. There haven't been as many designed runs, but he still has picked up in in the two most recent games an average of about 22 rushing yards so there still is some there he got a rushing touchdown this past weekend I think this is a situation where I don't want to go ham on cam but five eight percent even ten percent I'm totally fine with that
5: hashtag ham on cam I love that yeah that that's actually going to be one of the ones I was going to go over I, I really like this week too it's You know, last week the reason I did had zero percent Cam Newton, and that's I think it was more due to the fact that even though it was a nice matchup, he was a GPP play that was risk, but had a lot of people on him. You weren't going to get him at a low ownership percentage, and now that everyone saw him really lay an egg against um, a, you know, to say bluntly, a very easy matchup in the New Orleans Saints. They're expecting, you know, kind of the same thing to happen with the New England Patriots. And, you know, it might just kind of have a different outcome. You know, know, like you mentioned, the Patriots have just been giving up so, so many yards to the air. Alex Smith had four touchdowns against them. And, you know, I'm not going to compare the Chiefs and the... Uh, Panthers' offense by any means, but if Alex Smith could do it, why not Cam Newton? We've seen him do it in the past, why not? And maybe the addition of Curtis Samuel will allow um, another explosive element to this offense to where he's able to really just take one deep without just taking a short pass from Cam Newton. So, I really I really like that play.
4: For a better understanding of what Cam Newton might do this week, I decided to look at the Gillespie Projections app on Rotovis. It uses historical averages of players similar to Cam Newton against historical averages for defenses similar to what New England's done to give you a range of outcomes as to what Cam Newton might do this weekend. And it gives him a reasonably high 24.6 high projection, but the problem is that uses 16-game sample for screening Cam Newton, and if you believe Cam Newton is at least better than what he's played this year, then that makes sense. But if you believe maybe the changes in offense, getting Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey or losing Greg Olson have affected him that much, then you can take it down to just the three-game sample he's given us so far. And when you do that, his ceiling drops to 20.4 points. So, basically what this tells us is, your projection of Cam Newton really depends on what you believe he is as a player this year. Is he the three games we've seen so far, or is he at least more similar to what we've seen throughout his career, and at least last season and these three games? Another great use of it is what Dave Caban did. He basically created his own Gillespie Projections app that's extremely similar to the Road of his one, but he, weigh, he weighed different statistical outcomes more or less than some other ones and came up with his own projections model. For more on that, here's Dave Caven of the Road of His Highlight Reel.
6: So, what did I find when doing my research for week four? I'm going to highlight some of the findings that we had here. As far as uh, quarterbacks go... My model was surprisingly optimistic on Tyrod Taylor. And when you're looking at the site app, it's not quite as convinced, but he does look like a streamable option. Uh, he has a middle-of-the-road range of outcomes. Trevor Simeon is another guy that has surprised this season. While he's not expected to have a huge game, I think he also merits streaming consideration against the Raiders. Both models place him with an alright range of projections. As I mentioned, Deshaun Watson looks like a very good option this week, uh, but conversely, Derek Carr has a rather low projection in both models, so maybe if you're on a team, you're stacked at quarterback, you look and you see that the site app has him uh, at a low projection of 13 points, maybe you'd have some pause about playing him. In terms of running backs, Tevin Coleman really popped this week. He actually has, uh, in some filtering, a better high projection than Devonta Freeman, so Coleman has a uh, PPR high projection of 20 points this week, which is actually better than Devonta Freeman uh, in some configurations that you could have when filtering for games. His projection does remain strong no matter where you're filtering it to. It drops to a ceiling of 16 or points or so when the sample size drops, but he really stood out. I like him as a play this week, and uh, surprisingly, Carlos Hyde, who had a great game last week, has actually, uh, a floor of only four points within the site GLSP when you set it to defaults. Uh, when you filter just for 2017, it takes a significant jump. But, um, you know, I think at this point, you can't just look at those Kyle Shanahan games. You probably want to maybe filter it to six games or so, which creates a little bit more of an optimistic projection, but it kind of shows that he might not be as much of a slam dunk as you were expecting. Um, so that's a really cool way that you can use these apps to look at the possibilities for a player. Um, at wide receiver, A.J. Green looks like the best play this week. He could smash. Um, my model was leery of Demarius Thomas, who's facing the Raiders, uh, but the site app seems to disagree, and Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Crabtree uh, both project with all right ranges of outcomes, but if you're on a wide receiver-heavy team this week, you might want to think about sitting Amari Cooper. He had a surprisingly bad projection on the site app. Amari Cooper had a surprising projection with just a floor of four points um, at the default in the settings. And now, you know, that might not be super surprising given that he's facing the Broncos, but still for a player of uh, Cooper's caliber, you would expect something better. And if you look back at uh, the four games that he's played against the Broncos, he really has struggled. Uh, so that shows that that uh, precedent is being accounted for within the GLSP at uh, at tight end Charles Clay. I was a little disappointed to see his projection. He's a player I have on a lot of teams, um, so I was a little worried to see that uh, his floor uh for PPR could be just 3 points. Um now my model was a little bit more uh, optimistic than the site model, but he's a player that you might want to do some more digging on. I think that you might want to go in and adjust that game log, play around with his recent games and maybe you could come up with a little bit better of a projection. But seeing as he's currently the tight end 5, uh I did have a little bit of a pause for his game with the Falcons. And as we talked about earlier, uh Kobe Fleener has a monster projection. Uh, this week facing the Dolphins. I'm auto placed his median and high projections in the top 10 at the tight end position, and the site app projection projects him with a ceiling of 21 points, uh, which, you know, I know that's a lofty expectation, but Fleener has gone for 21 or more fantasy points seven times in his
4: career. Looking at our Gillespie projections app, comparing Watson to Drew Brees has Watson has 5 and 4 points less on his low and median projection. But what's interesting is he's only 2 points under Drew Brees in his high projection. I think it makes him a very solid tournament play on draft this week. For fantasy football fans who haven't heard about draft, here's how it works. You do a draft that lasts for just one week. There's no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of the last minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes so you can join one right now. And the best part? Play for cold hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everybody. No salary caps, play in a real live snake draft, just like you play in seasonal leagues. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime, just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com. Whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code RVRADIO. That's right, play a real money game for free, just for using the promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit for draft. Just search Draft in the App Store go to PlayDraft.com and play for free with the promo code RVRADIO.
2: Hey sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event, even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
4: Next clip is from Colm Kelly on the Fantasy Football Beat, where he interviews a beat writer for a different team every week. This week he has Jim Wyatt of Titans Online. This is one of the new additions to the road of his radio channel. I think it's a really interesting show because it gives a different perspective from the view of someone who's around the
7: team 24-7. Take it away, Colm. Uh, when we look at the the running backs, both these teams uh, have quite a stable running backs. Obviously, Murray and Henry have been uh, a very successful duo so far this season for the Titans. After week two, people talked about the possibility of it being like a a change in the guard for Henry taking over from Murray. Murray kind of had a lot to say with that in week three, as we've seen against Seattle. Do you you see this one being an equal kind of share going forward? Or just uh, we see them trying to get the best out of both guys as the season progresses, keep them both fresh?
8: Well, I think it'll be kind of, I think it really will depend on how games go. You know, you know Mike has made no secret that that Marco Murray's still this team's lead back. But, uh, you know, even though that was the case, you know, Derrick Henry stepped in, ran for a career high 92 in week two. And uh you know, I think some weeks Derrick Henry will play more than others. Depends on how the game goes. I, right now they're close. As far as yards go right now, they're one of only two pairs of running backs that both have at least 150 yards after two games. How close they stay moving forward, I mean, I guess that kind of remains to be seen. But I do think Henry's going to be effective uh, for them when he plays. And because of that, I think he'll get more opportunities.
7: Yeah, and with uh, the Texans Bill O'Brien loves to to run the ball It's always been a staple of his offense I think we'll see that again this week Lamar Miller hasn't been uh, quite as productive as people Probably would have expected in the preseason Dante Foreman, the rookie And him are splitting carries uh, Foreman last week uh, had a Quite a nice game against the New England Patriots, caught a number of balls. So I think he'll get more work uh, in the passing down situations with Miller getting those early down carries. But I think uh, if you're looking at these two teams again, uh, I give the Titans the edge at the running back position. If you're looking at the wide receivers, you mentioned Decker already. Uh, He's had a kind of a a slow start to his time down there with the Titans, and obviously Davis is out this week. But somebody I like for the last uh, couple of seasons is Richard Matthews, obviously signed Last off offseason uh, as a free agent, he had a nice game last week, giving a little extra opportunity with Davis out. And if Davis is out this week again, I'd expect that to continue. Do you think he continues to grow a larger role as the season progresses and, and moves along?
8: Yeah, I think I think what I've seen has kind of been a continuation of last year, both with Rashard Matthews and Delaney Warmer. I mean, you look at Marcus Mariota, it's very clear – he has great chemistry with those guys, a great connection with them. They're on the same page. Still a work in progress with some of these other guys, and I think Rashard Matthews is really the go-to guy in big situations, and because he's been dependable in catching the ball, dependable in getting open. Uh, Marcus Mariota trusts throwing the ball to him, and trusts he's going to come down with it. So, yeah, I think he remains, uh, you know, a key player in this offense, you know, all the way through the end of the season.
7: Yeah, and uh, it's going to he, he definitely does trust him. You see him getting a lot of targets, particularly on third downs, to try and move the chains. Richard Matthews is an interesting player, because if you look at the road of his buy-low
4: machine, which, an aside, is an awesome tool, even if you don't use it to buy low or sell high on players, just the chart that shows you the upcoming matchups and the previous matchups for each position by team is a great way to visualize maybe who you want to target and who you want to avoid, or just see difficult and easy matchups. But anyways, Richard Matthews comes up as a pretty solid buy low, because he gets Houston, an easy opponent, coming up next week, and then Miami and Indy are both, at, are both at worst neutral opponents, not really being easy or hard to throw against, and then Cleveland, who's another easy opponent. After that, it gets a little tough, but then, for the fantasy playoffs, which is really where the money's made, he gets San Francisco and the Rams his last two weeks. Moving on, this next clip is from the Road of His Radio show. And I included it because I saw Matt Kelly as a guest, and I thought, yeah, th- this one, this one's a freebie. So without further ado, here's Pat Rain, Sean Siegel, and Matt on the road of his radio.
9: Sean, I know you're a big fan of McCaffrey coming out. Is this actually, do you see this as potentially a sign that maybe he's starting to emerge as a redraft option? Yeah, well, I've been overly high on McCaffrey the whole way, and then you definitely see signs even in this this current game or this most recent game where the offense really limits him I mean on draft night that was so disappointing when he went to that offense my immediate draft reaction article was that you know this is a terrible situation terrible Uh, but you know I've turned around on it a little bit and you can see in that game I mean the, the long catch that he made was a fantastic reception not you know not in terms of the run after catch not in terms of you know the route but just simply the catch itself was fantastic he brings So much to the table, and he's, he's their only guy. I mean, the person limiting him is Cam Newton because, uh, Cam Newton is a running back, and he's a running back with a huge arm. So, you know, if you have a Ted Ginn, you know, if you have someone like that, you can make the offense work, especially if you have a super easy schedule, which that's part of it, is they do have, a tremendous schedule and so you know i think that plays oh yeah plays into his hands where even with their good defense i mean the thing you worry about those first two weeks is if they can stop people but they play a lot of good offenses uh with poor defenses so i mean it, it's the perfect scenario for a pass catching running back especially when you have nobody else it's just a matter of if cam newton can can work with him you know when he has that play early on there where Newton can hand to him for an easy touchdown, and instead Newton keeps him in himself and, and goes in. I mean, you can't criticize too much. That's an easy touchdown for the team. That's, that's what you want. But um, you'd like to see some of those handoffs. You know, he's going to have a much bigger role than Jonathan Stewart.
10: You're
5: getting greedy, Sean. You're
9: getting <laughs> yeah, greedy? hand the ball off. Hand the ball off. He had nine
5: catches for 100 yards. You're getting greedy?
9: No, I think, I think he can do more than that. They're going to need him to do more than that if they want to be competitive this season.
5: Guess who they're playing this week? The Patriots. What is the Patriots' Achilles heel? Slow linebackers. Mm. Oh, he is going to eat the Patriots' lunch. They're going to try to stop him. They're going to game plan to stop him, and they're not going to be able to stop him because the Patriots can't stop anybody this year. It's going to be on. It's going to be on. They're going to be down huge, and they're not going to be able to stop him. I can't I love that wait. Call. It's going to be great. Love that call. I mean, and then, then they have the Lions next, and the Lions give up over 100 yards to Devontae Freeman, plus another 46 to Tevin Coleman. Mm.
9: And the Lions want to establish the run, even though it is, I mean, they're, they're really down there with the Giants as one of the worst yeah. running teams in NFL history. And because they want to establish the run, they will not have the ball at all in the game. They will have the ball in the fourth quarter when they're trying to come back. But when you play the Lions, you get to have the ball the whole game because what they do the first three quarters is run it into the line and punt. So, I mean, the Lions are the perfect matchup.
4: The last clip of the show is from the Road of His Mailbag, hosted by Jeremy Hart with guest Peter Oversett and the Mans. And I like it because one of the questions they got was, is Leonard Fournette uh, sell high? And I think they said it exactly right, like, isn't this what you were expecting? He's getting a large amount of carries, not super efficient, but scoring in their short touchdowns. This is kind of exactly what you should have expected from him. Before the 2017 draft, everyone was extremely high on the running back class. Then the combine rolls around, Leonard Fournette runs fast but doesn't do much else, Dalvin Cook disappoints, and then Chris McCaffrey eventually goes on to go to the Panthers, and the running back class sucks. It's the worst now, sell all of them, you were a fool for buying into it, and now we're back to where we started. Where the running backs in the first round, according to the Dynasty ADP app on RotoViz, were Leonard Fournette going in the first overall pick, Christian McCaffrey going third, Joe Mixon fourth, Dalvin Cook fifth, and then rounding out the top five running backs, Kareem Hunt at eight overall. Currently, Kareem Hunt's the first running back in PPR formats, Leonard Fournette's the fifth running back, and Dalvin Cook's the eighth, in addition to Christian McCaffrey having a breakout performance last week with 100 receiving yards, and Joe Mixon getting 21 touches, albeit not doing much on those touches. For more on Fournette, Jeremy Hart and Peter Roberson. Dynasty,
10: Pete, I'm confused by everyone saying I need to sell Leonard Fournette on his production. He seems to be doing just fine for me. What am I missing?
1: Yeah, I guess I I haven't heard a ton of people uh, saying this, although I could believe it. Uh, I don't know. I think it's the thing with all of these running backs that... you know, don't catch a ton of passes, I feel like their perception and their production is always going to vary, always is going to feel pretty volatile in week to week because they're so dependent on, you know, is the offensive line gelling? Are they in good game scripts? You know, what kind of workload are they getting? So, you know, with Fournette, it it seems like if you drafted him, you're getting kind of what you expected, what you wanted. You're getting the volume. He's getting the goal line work. I don't know what you would be selling or what would have been a surprise to you that would make you want to sell. So I I don't really I don't really get I think you're you're holding and you're enjoying the the workload if you own him.
10: Yeah, I'm with you and I'm I'm. I have learned a little bit of I have one Lynette, Lynette, oh my gosh, Lynette. This this is clearly making the outtakes, but I'm also going to keep it in the live because why the hell not here? But I have one Leonard Fournette share and I'm enjoying it because he is actually helping me uh, with a winning record here so far in the short term here. Uh, but I, like, I get the opposition right because I get that a situation sucks. I get the quarterback situation is probably only going to get worse, but the defense is good it is still going to kind of keep Leonard Fournette on the field but you know that type of volume in an inefficient offense how long can that be sustained so I, I get all that I just if you're going to sell a mid-season I, I think that perception to your point is you're really not going to get what you want from them so i think the play is to still hold enjoy and once the offseason ranks come out and everybody starts flip-flopping all of their startup dynasty ranks again they're gonna have leonard fournette up there in the first at the you know one two turn at the latest right so that's when you can if you think you need to get out of dodge that's your time to do it and you can turn leonard fournette into whatever you want at that point a
4: couple first round picks so on and so forth This week, before you go, be sure to check out some of the awesome stuff we have going on at RotoViz. Use those Gillespie projections. They're great. They help give you an idea of the range of outcomes that a player has on any given week. Uh, Ben Gretsch has a series called Stealing Signals that basically breaks down how players were used in the previous week. Unbelievably helpful in setting your lineups for DFS. And another thing I've been reading is John Lipinski's Terminator series on experience on the FFPC Terminator event. That's going to do it for this week's RotoViz Best of the Week podcast. I'm Kyle Dworczyk. Find me on Twitter at ffkylekid. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Best of the Week podcast. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, where you can hear the full shows that the clips you just heard were from. Contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Radio. And remember, you can always support the podcast by subscribing to Rotaviz at a 30% discount through the Rotaviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.